God loves you. God loves you. Not some kind of conditional you, not God loves you if, just God loves you. God loves you even though. Yeah, God loves you even though. I remember a time when me and my wife, we were living on love. You ever heard that statement? You ever said that about yourself? You know what that means? It means you broke. It means you broke. I mean, we would say we're living on, we said it all the time, we're living on love. And it was true because that's literally all that we had to live on was love. I mean, we didn't have a dime. We have nothing. I mean, we lived in this old junky single-wide trailer. And we didn't, ever have, didn't have a dime to our name, didn't have any savings, didn't have any plans for our life. We're just living on love. This is all we had. I mean, for a time, it was pretty good, you know. Uh, but, but there was nothing else. And so we were proud. They were like, oh, we're living on love. Whew. We're talking about this as I was preparing this sermon the other day. And my wife said, living on love was cold. Because <laughs> it was cold outside. And we were just thinking back. And man, living on love was cold. It was, man. It was cold. Like there were times when we would literally have to gather around the oven and open up the door and turn that sucker on to keep warm. Am I alone? Am I alone? Anybody else ever done that? I mean, look, it's what we had to do. Because you know why? Because the heat in our trailer never worked right. Never. It never worked right. And, and we, didn't, we never had the money to be able to call somebody to look at the heat in our trailer. Never did. And so here's what we'd do instead. We'd buy little junky electric heaters. And then we'd gather around the stove, like I said, and try to keep warm. I mean, the, you know, the electric heaters would keep the trailer warm unless it was like it was this week. Right? Because when it was like it was this week, we would literally be in the kitchen with the oven door open, huddled up together, trying to keep warm. And then our electric bill would be $515. And then we get our electric cut off. And then we was really living on love around a candle. I don't know if I'm, maybe I am alone in that one. But then we'd have a reconnection fee too, right? And then so by the time we got done, our electric bill for the month would be $725. And that would have been plenty to get the heat fixed. But we didn't, we, didn't know, we didn't know that we was living on love. We were living on love. And for a time, that was enough. You know, for, the, for a time, the, the love of, of Angela Hope, letting her grind her, was all that I ever needed in my life. And I would suck her dry, and she'd suck me dry, and then we'd leave each other withered. And uh, it was okay for a time. Until we came to a time in our life when all of a sudden the love that I had for her was not enough. And the love that she had for me was not enough. And you'll come to a time like that in your life to where I had nothing left to give her. And, and she needed. Do you understand what I'm saying? We came to a time in our life where she needed to be loved. She needed, you know, a life in her. And I didn't have any to give. And, and then there, would come, there, there came a time in, in, in this little season in our life when I needed. I needed to be loved. I needed life. I needed something. And she just didn't have it. And, and she would have gladly given it to me if she did. But there was nothing there. And I would try to reach down inside for some, some way to love my, love my wife. And there was just nothing there to give her anymore. And she, and she did the same for me. And, and, and I would try to just vampire her to death, man. And I couldn't get no more life's blood out of her. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with this thing? It's broke. And in those moments, man, we could have went elsewhere looking for what we needed, as we did many times in our life before. I could have went looking for other people to see if they had a little life I could borrow. We could have went and, and, and fallen into the things of the world again and see if it had a little life that we could borrow. 
We, we, we could have went looking in all these different places. But thank God at that time in our life, we already understood what the lies of the world were. We, we already understood that the world was wholly inadequate to provide what we needed. Now, I hope that you don't have to lose everything like we did to get there. And that's one of the reasons that we do this. It's one of the reasons that we serve in this ministry. One of the reasons that we, you know, give our entire life and devote, you know, ourselves to this ministry right now is so that you don't have to suffer the way that we suffered to be able to realize that the world is lying to you and it does not have what you need. So, so, so that you can realize that the world is totally inadequate to provide you the love and the life that you need. So thank God that in that time in our life when I didn't have the love she needed and she didn't have the love I needed, that we stopped trying to get it from each other and we certainly didn't go out to try to get it in the world. I thank God for there was a moment in our life when we finally realized that if we were going to find love, we had to go to the source of love. That if we were going to find life, we had to go to the source of life. I'm thankful today that there was a moment that me and my wife both went to the altar of grace together and said God the world doesn't have what we need you're the only one that has what we need and we found the source of love and life in the universe and his name is Jesus Christ can somebody give him some praise at the way church today you got to go to the source somebody say the source you got to go to the source, man, because once you pluck a little bit off, then, then maybe I can give it to you, but I'm going to run out eventually, amen? I'm going to run out, and if I'm going to get some, I can't get what I gave you back from you. If I'm going to get some more, I'm going to go to the source, and ultimately, I can't keep bringing it to you either. The purpose of me giving you some of the life that I have gotten is so that I can say, did you like that? Did you like that? Let me introduce you to the place where it comes from. Can you say Amen. That's what this thing is about. Man, would you have to stand to your feet for the reading of God's word today? And, and there's a reason why we do this. It's to honor the word of God. And, and, and it, it, it makes it clear. I mean, it's just so, so clearly stated in the book of Nehemiah. It says that when Ezra opened up the book of the law, the people stood to their feet. And, and so we like to honor the word of God. We don't make this stuff up. We don't make this stuff up. I bet somebody asked me the other day, why we anoint people with oil? Why do you anoint people with oil? You know, are you just trying to make a show out of it? It's like, no, like it literally says in the book of James in chapter 5 that if somebody's sick and afflicted, to bring them to the front, anoint them with oil, and have the elders of church prayer with them. Like, we're just doing what Scripture says to do. Why do we lift holy hands? Because the Bible says lift holy hands. We didn't make that up. It comes from Scripture. Why do we stand for the reading of God's Word? We didn't make that up. It comes from Scripture. We're trying to be a throwback, right? We're not some new age church that says that the Bible ain't true. I'm going to take me a trip to Nashville. <laughs> We're just trying to go back. We're just trying to go back to where, to where God wants us to go to so we can then move forward. Does that make sense? We just want to break the chains of what the world has put around us, man, and, and just let God do his work. Book of John in chapter 15. I'll be reading from the ESV today. That's becoming a habit. Uh, yeah, the extra sovereign version. Bible says this in John 15 starting in verse 1 I am the true vine you know what that means there's other vines out there other things that you can attach yourself to but Jesus Christ says I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit somebody say more fruit already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you Receive that today. Who, how many people in here are righteous? Yeah? It's a trick question, right? 
is a trick question. The, the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 21 that he that knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. We're not righteous by our own. My, my righteousness is filthy rags. But if you've had the blood of Christ that we just, we just took part of in communion, if you've had the blood of Christ poured over your life and into your heart, then you've been made righteous. And I don't care what you say, and I don't care what the world says. If you are saved by grace, then you've been made righteous. So let me ask you again, how many people in here have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ? Come on, look at all them hands. Praise God. Let's give him a, a shout of praise, man, for that. That's not what I'm preaching about today. <laughs> but really it is, right? But really it is. Abide in me and I in you. That's what I'm preaching about today. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. You don't want to wither. You don't want to wither. You want to live. You want to live. And the branches are, are gathered and thrown into a fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and be done for you. By this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another just as I've loved you. Let us pray. God, thank you for your abiding love. God, thank you that you will wrap us in your arms and you will never let us go. Thank you that you were willing to do whatever it took to draw us to yourself and to live with us for all of eternity. Thank you, God, for your love today. Thank you, God, that we don't have to live on the twisted stuff of the world, but that we can live fueled, empowered, sustained by you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give him a hand clap of praise and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Look at this, look at this. Branches can intertwine with branches. Branches can support branches. Branches can shield branches. Branches can do all sorts of things with other branches, but branches cannot be a source of life for other branches. You see, if they try to, they'll suck the life out of each other and they'll both die. You see, people can be connected to people. People can support people. People can shield people. People can lift each other up. But people cannot be the source of life for other people. Because eventually you'll both die because there's only a limited supply of life available there to go around. You cannot make somebody else on this earth your source of love and life in the universe. Because they only have so much to give. And if they only have so much to give, if you take what they have, then they won't have any left. And then they're going to have to go somewhere else to get what they need. And maybe they'll get it back from you. But, you know, if you trade this love back and forth, you're going to lose a little bit each time because we have to consume a little bit each time. And you're going to lose a little bit. It's just one of the laws of energy, right? You lose a little bit in the friction. You lose a little bit in the trade-off. You lose a little bit in the transference. And so eventually you run dry, and eventually you have no love to give, and they have no love to take, and they have no love to give you, and you got no love to give to them, and everything falls apart and everyone dies, right? So somebody has to go to the source. Somebody has to go to the source somewhere. Somebody has to be the one that draws love and life and light from the living God. Why not you? Why not be the one? 
Why not be the one that stop, stops trying to consume everything from the world around them and be the one that goes to the source to get what's needed? To get what's needed. I mean, why not let that be you, man? Somebody has to have a relationship with the provider. Somebody has to be able to go to the tree, right? To go to the tree. If I pluck a fruit off the tree and I, I, I take it and I... I, I, I give it to you then I don't have any left and maybe I know how to go back to the tree and get some but maybe you don't and maybe I go back and get one because I'm hungry and I eat some and you come to me next time because you need another fruit but I don't have any to give you if I'm not able to direct you to the tree to the source then you're never going to find what you're looking for I just want to be honest with you man you guys are never going to get what you're looking for from me you never will I can't save you I can't even sustain you I love you but I don't even love you with my own love because even the love that I have is twisted and messed up. It's tainted. It's not right. And, there's, and, and even the love that I do have is in limited supply. And I don't care to give it to you. Because, man, I love every single one of you dearly. But it's not the source. It's not the source and it runs out quick. It runs out quick. You know, we're like a battery of love. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're like a battery of love. You can be filled with it. And you can even share it a little bit, but eventually, if you keep pouring it out, you're going to run down, and you're going to get a little tired, and then eventually you'll quit altogether. You know why? Because you're not the source. You're not the source. You're not the outlet. You're just the battery, which means not only do you have to go back and get charged up yourself, but if you want to effectively minister to the people around you, then you will teach them not to be a consumer, but teach them to be a battery too. Does that make sense? It's kind of a roundabout analogy, but hey. That's what we want to do. It's, it's what we want to be. But how do we do that? Because you can't live in your love, and you can't live in their love. And they can't live in your love. The only way that we can live in love is that we all live in his love. Can you say amen? That's the only way that this thing works. But how do we do that? And that brings us to this incredible word that I love so much. Abide. He says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. If you abide in my word, then my word will abide in you. If we abide together, but what does that word mean? What does that word abide mean? It's, it's, the word is meno in, in the Greek. And, 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 and it means this. It means, in reference to place, it means to tarry and not depart. It means to continue to be present. Listen to this one, man. It means to be held continually. You feel that? It means to be held continually. In, in, in reference to time, it means to continue to be, to never perish and to last forever. Oh my. That's a big word. In reference to state or condition, it means to remain as one. To never become another or different. To wait for and to await the one. So to abide in his great love is this. To abide in his great love is to continually be held in, to endure in, to never perish in, to remain as one in, to live in his love. Can you say amen? And he says, if you abide in my love, then you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing of any benefit anyway. If, if you're drawing the life and the love you need of anything in the world, then you're never going to be able to produce the fruit that you need to produce. 
I mean, I mean, think about a plant, man. If it's not able to get the nutrients, to get the water, to get the sunshine, no S-O-N, shine, anyway. If it's not able to get the sunshine that it needs, then it's not going to, shut up. <laughs> then it's not going to be able to produce the harvest that needs to be produced. It's always going to be struggling. It's always going to be struggling. And that's the way that we are if we continue to try to draw the things we need from the world around us. Always struggling. Never getting the nutrients that we need. Never getting the living water that we need. Never getting the sun that we need to, to empower us to be the producer that we were meant to, to be. And so, you know, it's, it's like this. They say you are what you eat, right? You are what you eat. And it's true. You know, if we eat a bunch of Twinkies, we're going to be made out of Twinkies. Does that make sense? It's true. And yes, obviously, I've ate a few too many of those in my life, but that's okay. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better. But we are what we eat. We are what we consume. We are the essence of what flows into us. We are what sustains us. So let me ask you this way, church. Do you want to be made of the building blocks of the world? Do you want to be made of the things that you see in the world around you? Or do you want to be put together piece by piece by the power, the love, the glory, the light of the living God? I mean, it's up to you. You get to decide what you're going to attach your branch to. You get to decide what you're going to attach to. And, and, and if, even if you attach to another positive branch, eventually you're both going to die because there's no source there. But there are other sources in the universe. I mean, you can attach yourself to all kind of demonic things that will keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And they'll, and they'll never run out for you. They'll give you evil after evil and sin after sin and, and let you fall into temptation after temptation. And you can lock yourself onto that stuff if you want to. But do you know what happens when you do that? You become that. You become that. You know, we talk about being a conduit for the power of love. I talked about it last week, that we would let the love of God, the Holy Spirit flow into us, and then we would let the power of the, of the living God, the Holy Spirit flow out of us into the world around us, into all the people that we're able to come into contact with, right? And that's what we want to do. But there's another possibility here. There's a possibility that you could be a conduit for the kingdom of darkness. Because if you attach yourself to the kingdom of darkness, if you attach yourself to sin, if you attach yourself to this flow of evil that comes from another source, then guess what? Then you are going to be overflowing with that into the world around you. Then you're going to let that evil stream, that, that, that tainted, polluted sewer cesspool of a, of a flow, flow into you and then flow out of you and into the world around you and into all the people that you have contact with. And I don't know if you've been that before, but I have. And, and I want to tell you that it's a garbage feeling. It's a terrible thing to be. And, and, and you don't even realize it at first. Because it, it's like that frog that they, that they put in the, the boiling, the, in, the, in the, the lukewarm water, and they begin to slowly turn up the heat. And, and the, the poor little fellow never realized that he's boiling to death because the heat's only been increased gradually and gradually. And that's what happens when we attach ourselves to the wrong vine. You know, at first, it's just a little bit of a flow of sin and evil and destruction. And we don't even realize what's going on because that is the essence of the world around us anyway. And so we just feel like that we're part of normalcy, right? So they've made it normal to be locked in sin. They've made it normal to be part of the kingdom of darkness. And, and, and so all of a sudden, we're, we're, it's just normal to us. It's just normal to attach our branch to this vine of the world. And, and, and the essence of that world begins to flow into us. And then we begin to pour that out. And, and we don't even realize because at first it was just a trickle, right? At first it was just a trickle of evil and, and sin and temptation and all that nasty stuff that we overflow with. And it was just a trickle and we didn't even notice because the rest of the water that was in us diluted it. But then after a while they turn up the stream, right? They turn up the stream. 
And, 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 and we don't really notice, but we begin to, to just spew, spew forth more destruction and more ugliness and more evil. And, and we don't even realize the toll that it's taken on us either because we've been attached to the wrong vine, so we start to wither, like the Scripture said, right? If you're not attached to the true vine, then you begin to wither. And you're really not good for anything at that point, except kindling. And nobody wants to be kindling. You know what they use kindling for? To start a fire? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to burn for eternity, do you? I don't want to burn. I don't want to be kindling. I don't want to wither up and be snatched away and thrown into outer darkness, man. I don't want that to be my eternity. I don't want it to be, and I know you don't either, but here's the even worse part about it. I don't want to cause that to happen to anybody else. Because we teach people to attach to to the source, and I'm trying to teach you today to attach to the true vine. Somebody say true vine. The true vine that is Jesus Christ and to draw your life from them. But I know that a lot of times before you can do that, that, they, that you have to attach to another person so that I can go and graft you into that. Does that make sense? So, Because people don't know how to get to the source. So ultimately they are drawn to you or they're drawn to me. And, ho- and, and may we provide that love of God to them for a little while, but then after a while we can take that and redirect it and attach them to the vine so that they can begin to get their life from God. But it works the other way too. If you're overflowing with sin and darkness and somebody attaches their life to yours, what do you think happens? to them all that sin and darkness begins to flow through you into them and then if you don't watch it ultimately what you're going to do is teach them to graft their branch onto not the true vine teach them to, to, to graft their branch onto not the true vine onto some false fake messed up jacked up devil infused demonically possessed vine and then they will begin to receive that flow into their life and then they're going to go attach it to somebody else we have to counteract that we have to counteract that You know, thank God that we have a vine dresser that comes, that comes and removes the withered plants. And not only that, a vine dresser that comes and takes those of us that are still attached to the vine and prunes us and shapes us and does whatever he has to do to get us in shape so that we can become the people of God that he's desired us to be. You know, we we spoke the word heal over our church for 2021. And we've already seen incredible things come of it. You know, we've already seen people healed in the physical. We've seen people healed in the spiritual. We've seen people healed from uh, addictions. And we've seen people healed from, you know, all kinds of temptations and sin and, and, and family situations and sexual situations and, and, and you know, uh, worldly situations. And we've seen them set free from greed and from lust and from anger. And God's just healing and helping and doing all this incredible stuff. But, you know, right before, remember the video I made on, on New Year's Eve? And I, I was, you know, did the video, went in the, the room and just shot it and was like, hey, our word is healed. And God's dropped it on us. And, you know, Jeremiah 17, it says, heal me and I'll be healed. And, and, and save me and I'll be saved. For God, you are the one that I pray. So right before that, I was talking to my wife about, you know, what the word was. And that it was heal. And how excited I was to see God heal. She looked at me just deadpan serious. And she says... You know, before he can really heal us, he's going to have to re-break us. I won't tell you what I said after that. (laughs) Ah! Because, you know, sometimes we're going along pretty much okay, right? Except we've got an injury that kind of bogs us down. Maybe I broke my leg a while back. But it's healed up good enough where I can get around. Maybe I limp a little bit. Maybe I limp a little bit, but I can get where I'm going. Amen? I mean, maybe I limp around a little bit, but I can get where I'm going. 
So I'm doing okay. So I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. I'm okay. It hurts a little. I limp a little, but it's okay. But you know what? That can be fixed. It can be fixed. It can be. But I have to go back in there, and you know what they're going to have to do to that leg before they can make it where I can walk right? You have to re-break it. So sometimes before God can heal us the right way, he's got to re-break whatever was healed the wrong way. Can you say amen? And so that's what that vine dressing is all about. You attached to the vine? Sure you are. Are you attached as well as you could be? Nope. Are you bearing all the fruit that you could be? Nope. You're looking pretty leafy there, buddy. You're looking pretty leafy. Looking pretty leafy, man. Looking pretty leafy. We need to get rid of some of them leaves so we can bear some more fruit. Because you know why? People don't grow a vineyard to look at the pretty grape leaves. No. They grow a vineyard because that sucker's going to produce a bunch of grapes and they can do all sorts of things with them. All sorts of things. But you know, Jesus went up to that fig bush and had all them leaves on it and he cursed it to hell forever. You know why? Because it was leafy and it bared no fruit. Because the leaves give off the appearance of life. Right? Some people, some people wonder why Jesus was so mad at that fig bush. Because those leaves give off the appearance of life. The appearance of, of productivity. The appearance of purpose. Right? But when he got there and he started sorting through the leaves, there was nothing on the inside. And so here's what I don't want us to be as the way church and as our disciples of Christ that we are. I don't want us to be leafy Christians. I don't want us to look good and green on the outside and then when the Savior comes to try to find some fruit on the inside, there ain't none there to be found. So I'm willing to give up all them leaves and let him prune me and re-break me however he wants so I can start bearing some fruit for the kingdom of God. Are you with me today? Are you with me today? Are we willing to get pruned so we can bear fruit? Are we, real, are we willing to be rebroken so we can be healed? I don't know if I am or not. I, you know, I shared this at our Friday night New Life meeting, man. I don't know if I am or not. I, I know that there's some places in my life where I'm limping. I know there's some places in my life where I'm limping. But I remember the last time that God had to go in there and re-break something and reset it and how radically that my life changed. And I don't know that I'm ready for that in this moment. I kind of like my life like it is. Last time he did that, it was radical. It was radical. And you know what? For those of you that are dedicated to this church, you know that if my life changes radically, guess what's going to happen to your life? It's going to change radically. And I don't know if we're ready for that right now, but we need to get ready. That was our prayer Friday, Friday night that we would get ready. That we would get ready because God's got some things he needs to re-break. God's got some leaves that he needs to remove from our life. Don't be a leafy Christian. Be a fruit-bearing Christian. Because God wants to use your life to bear fruit man he don't want you to be firewood can you say amen god don't want you to be firewood god wants you to be a living breathing part of the kingdom ecosystem that produces fruit for the whole world to feast upon that's your purpose is to bear fruit you know some people wonder what their purpose is for the kingdom of god your purpose is to bear fruit christian your purpose is to bear fruit but what kind of produce is it what kind of produce is it it ain't apples and oranges i'll tell you that right now no, 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 it's this. It's the fruit of the Spirit, man. In the book of Galatians in chapter 5, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Who produces it? The Holy Spirit does. So listen, if you truly have the Holy Spirit living in your life, you are going to produce fruit. You are. You're going to produce fruit. 
And, and if you don't produce fruit, then one of two things is true. Either you need to be pruned severely, or you never had any Holy Spirit in you at all. And I just want to be real honest. Because I'm not one of those sugarcoating preachers who's going to stand up here and say, everything's going to be okay. No, it may not be. As a matter of fact, my Bible says that the way to destruction is wide and the way to salvation is narrow. So let me tell you this, it's probably not going to be okay. For most people in the world, it's probably not going to be okay. And I believe that with everything in my heart. Because if everything was going to be okay for everybody, then Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to go and die on that cross and give his whole life for everybody that would come to him, right? It didn't say everybody, it said whosoever, right? It didn't say everybody. It said whosoever. And it didn't say all and just stop. It said all that call on the name of the Lord. All that call. So, so man, it's, 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 it's probably not going to be okay, but it can be. You hear me? It can be easily because he paved the way for you. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. If you don't have any of that stuff in your life, then you need to get real close to God right now. And if you have any of that stuff in your life, then you need to come to this altar when we do an altar call in a moment and, and work whatever you need to work out with the living God. Because these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love and, and peace and, and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Man, I don't know about you, but I want me some of that. I want me some of that. Because those are the things that we bear. Those are the things that we bear when we are connected to the vine. Those are the things that we bear when we're connected to the living God. When he's where we draw our source, that's what comes out of us. We don't have a choice. We have a choice. When we're connected to the vine, that's what comes out. The other side of the stick is this. Withered branches. But branches are, that are connected to the things of the world, this is what they bear. Sexual immorality. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it doesn't mean you won't ever do those things. It means that's not the fruit that you bear. It means at some level that's not who you are anymore. And you know what? You don't have to be that person anymore. And you know what? I think I've done all those things. I've done all those things. Every single one of them, I've done them all. I've done them all. Because I was attached to the wrong vine. I was attached to the wrong vine. I was drawing my sustenance and my life from all the things of the world. And when one didn't work, you know what I'd do? I'd tear my branch off and go attach it to another one. And then I'd take my branch off and I'd go attach it to another one. And I just wanted to see what it would feel like to experience all that darkness and all that evil because the world lies to you and tells you that it's beautiful. And it tells you that it's good. And it tells you that it has everything that you need. And it's a liar a thousand times over. And then even when I wanted to get right, even when I was tired of that life and I didn't want that sin and that sickness in me anymore, then I attached my branch to my wife. But she was just another branch. And so even when we cut ourselves off from the rest of the things of the world, we just begin to suck each other dry. And we begin to draw our life sustenance from each other. And that's not right either. Because it was killing us both. 
And we didn't want the things that the world had to offer anymore. We didn't want to bear that fruit in our life anymore. We didn't want to be those people that not just were experiencing that for ourselves, but I'm telling you, when you attach yourself to that vine, you cannot help but bear that evil fruit. And the people around you can't help but be affected by it. You know, you know, I know that when I was in my active sin and, 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 and addiction and all those things, like I would just say, man, I ain't doing nothing to nobody else. It's just me. Let, let me do what I want to with my life. I ain't bothering nobody. And, and, and that is the biggest lie from hell for the addict, I think. That, that just let me make my own decision. I'm not affecting anybody else. Man, that's garbage. That's a garbage lie from hell, man. I was affecting so many people in my life and people I didn't even know. You know, I shared with a brother this morning that, that two people this week had told me what a blessing he was in their life. One that he knows and one that he doesn't even really know. And, and so not only are we, when we attach our, vine, our, our branch to the wrong vine, not only are we destroying ourselves and the people that we know we're affecting, we're having an effect on people in our lives that we, haven't, we don't even know. That we, we don't even know that we're connected to. And yet there's people in the world that have attached their branch to you and you don't even know that they've attached their branch to you. But they're feeding off you. They're feeding off you in your life. You know that your wife and your husband and your kids are feeding off you. You know that they are. Your grandkids, your brothers and sisters, you know, your church family, your people at work. You know those people are feeding something off you. But there's other people out there that are feeding off you too that you don't even know. Make sure you're feeding them the right thing. Make sure you're feeding them the right thing. And not only that, make sure that, that you're not letting people just leech off you. But that ultimately, your goal as a follower of Christ... Your goal as a follower of Christ is to introduce them to the source of life and the source of love and the only place that they can draw eternal sustenance and eternal life. Can somebody say amen? So that no longer are we living on each other's love. That all of a sudden we're living on his love. All of a sudden we're living on his love. He says... He says, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this so that you can be filled with joy. So that you can be filled with joy. So, so that you know that whatever you truly need is found with me. So that when the oven is keeping you warm on the outside. And it's the only thing keeping you warm on the outside. That you'll know that it was me keeping you warm on the inside. So that when the only thing filling up your belly is ramen noodles. That you'll rely on me to fill up your spirit. But then on the other side of that, and, and, and that means that we, when we got nothing, when we've got nothing on this earth, if we've got Jesus Christ, we've got everything that we need. Because like they're learning in the kids' class today, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you know, when Jesus said that, he was so hungry, he was dying. He had not ate a bite of food in 40 days. And I need you to understand that he was fully man. He was fully man. He, his, his body was not supercharged by, by the power of God to keep him alive. He died just like a man would on that cross. At that moment, was he fully God? Sure he was. But the, but the Godhead was not keeping him alive. He was fully man. He suffered. He hungered. He thirsted. He was tempted just like all of us. And in that moment, the devil came to him and said, turn those stones into bread if you're really the son of God. And he was starving to death. And man, it would have been so easy to do. So easy to do. I mean, he made me, he didn't even need a rock. He didn't even need a rock. He made manna rain from heaven already. He didn't need a rock. And yet he quoted the book of Deuteronomy, Jesus' favorite book, in case you were wondering. 
He quoted Deuteronomy and said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what that means? The source of your life is not bread, which we probably haven't had in a while, a lot of us. It's okay. It's not meat. It's not whatever. The source of your life is not the things of this world. The source of your life is God himself. God himself. So if you ain't got nothing, if you, this whole week before, if you were doing like my friends from the street and keeping warm around a sterno can that's supposed to keep a catering dish warm, then you had everything that you need if you've got Jesus Christ. If you ain't had a bite to eat in days, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, then you've got everything that you need. Everything that you need. Because Jesus plus everything is everything. But also Jesus plus nothing is still everything. Can you say amen? And I think it's easier sometimes for us to realize that we're drawing life from God when we're in a struggle. Man, me and my wife, our first, middle, and last name used to be Struggle. Hi, I'm Mr. Struggle, Struggle, Struggle. And this is my wife, Mrs. Struggle, Struggle, Struggle. Because all we know is struggle. Because it's all we knew how to do. But I think sometimes in the midst of all that struggle, it's easy to lean on God. Because he really is all that you have. You know, when you find yourself in a, in a jail cell or, or living in an old junkie trailer or, or outside in the cold, man, it's easy to lean on God at those times. Because you're like, man, God, I ain't got nothing else. So I'm going to grab onto you with everything that I have. Even if the hem of your garment is all I can get a hold of, I'm going to grab onto you. And he carries us. I think sometimes when we lose our grip on God, is when all of a sudden we've got a nice, fancy, central heat and air system. And we got that good insulation in our walls. You know that good insulation? We lived in one place where you could see the gravel on the ground through the floor. Now we got nice hardwood floors. Got a nice central air system. You know? Of course, it tore, us up, it tore up on us a couple weeks ago. But thank God for Barry Locke, man. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Pastor of uh, Mufferville Church of God, right? Come on, praise God. Came and fixed it up for us. And you know, last night I went out to eat, man, and, and got me a steak. You know what I'm saying? And my belly was full from the Texas Roadhouse. And I just wonder if in those moments are we still able to understand that we draw all we need from God. You know, after we came to know God, we still had moments of struggle where we were gathered around a very small heat source trying to keep warm. But in those moments, we realized that everything that we needed came from God. You know, there's been moments in my life, I told you a story a while back where we had to have cereal for dinner for a week, right? I tell y'all remember that story where they cashed in my tithing check and then they wasn't supposed to because I'd already wrote another one. And, and we used to eat Cheerios off our wick for a week. But we knew that that provision came from God. But I wonder if now, when I can pay my heat bill every month, I wonder if now, when I've got this fancy technology to keep me warm, I wonder if now, when I can fill my belly with a, with a sirloin steak and a baked potato, I wonder if now... I wonder if now that I still understand that I only live and breathe and exist because my vine, my branch is attached to the vine. I wonder if even now when we have plenty that we understand that everything that we need comes from God and without him we're nothing. Even if we have all the stuff that the world has to offer, we still have nothing. I wonder if we remember that now. 
Because I tell you, it's just as important to remember that now as it was when we were in the midst of the struggle. Maybe even more so. And now the Apostle Paul wrote this. I've, I've learned to be okay. Whether I had all that I needed or I didn't have a thing, I've learned to be okay. And that's what that scripture in, in Philippians 4 that we, we quote before we lift weights or we quote before we go play a football game or we quote before we go to do whatever thing that we're going to do. And we say, I can do all things through God who strengthens me. That's not what that means. What it means is that I can overcome any situation. I can sustain. I can be sustained in any season. I can walk through any valley. I can climb any mountain. You know why? Because I don't draw my, sust- my sustenance from the things of the world. I draw my sustenance from God and God alone. Can you say Amen. <laughs> yeah, man, give God praise. You know, Angela and I were living on each other's love, but it was a limited supply. And now we're living on his love, which never runs dry. Can you give God praise for that at the Way Church this morning? And John 15, chapter 1, verse 12 says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Because how did he love us? Unconditionally, sacrificially, gently, sometimes a little tough powerfully all these different ways that Jesus loved us but that's not what he's talking about here what he's saying is I have loved you because he loved me he pours his love into me and then I pour my love into you I've attached my branch to my father And I've become part of his vine so that now you can attach yourself to me and become part not just of me, but of him. And this is how the love of God works. Because I want you guys to know, none of us are the source of love. And every one of our wells is going to run dry. But if you attach yourself to the well of living water, if you attach yourself to the true vine, then you're attaching yourself to something that will never run out, will never be twisted, will never be tainted, will never destroy, but will always heal, will never bring death, but will always bring life. You're attaching yourself to the source of life. And then when we go around to the world and say, we're living on love, it doesn't mean that we're broke anymore. It doesn't mean that we're broke anymore. It means that we have everything we could ever need and you know what you can have it too you can have it too so here's what I'm asking you to do today let the vine dresser unattach you from whatever vine in the world that you have stuck yourself on to And let him graft you in to the tree of life that is the living God. Let him 
take you and put you where you're supposed to be so that you can stop drawing what you need from the world around you. And you can begin to draw everything you need from Him and Him alone. Because you can't love like Jesus unless you get your love from Jesus. Because Jesus gets His love from the Father. And like I said last week in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, it says God is love. The source of love, the giver of love, the author and the finisher of love. And maybe you need that today. Maybe you realize that you've been drawing life from something that you were never meant to draw your life from. Today, you can attach yourself to Him, to the true vine. Because branches can't draw life from branches. And branches certainly don't want to attach themselves to a false vine. Come to the true vine today.